and welcome to Eyes Open Ministries episode 4B. This is part B to part A. In our latest episode, uh, we discussed the internal nature of God. So today, this is the more abridged, shortened version. For those of you who may not have time to listen to the hour-long episode, or just want to use it as a refresher, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. And so, therefore, today we're just going to be talking about the eternal nature of God, and as briefly as possible. So, the eternal nature of God is that perfection of God whereby He transcends all temporal limits and all successions of moments. The affinity of God in relation to time is also called God's eternality. Uh, God has no beginning. He has no end or succession of moments in his own being. And he sees all time equally vividly, yet God sees events in time and acts in time. So we want to dig deeper into this today and help you understand the eternal nature of God. Um, and it's first we have to understand there's an incomprehensibility of God as well, meaning that um, we can't truly understand God 100%. He is infinite to where we are finite. We cannot understand everything about him. He is beyond our ability to fully understand. This should not be misunderstood as that we cannot truly know God, because we certainly can, but we can only truly know him through his revealed word. So we cannot know him fully, but we can know him truly. So it's one of his incommutable attributes, meaning something that does not relate to us, that only God himself is eternal by nature. Eternity, for instance, means an endless span of time without beginning or end. Well, God exists in eternity. And one day we will as well, but we didn't we we had a beginning. God doesn't have a beginning. He always was and always has been. But we are immortal. The angels are immortal. Demons are immortal in the sense that they were created. And our souls are immortal, not our bodies, but our souls are immortal. And we'll live on forever in eternity with him or burn in the lake of fire, which burneth forever in the next life. So we have to understand that this is about God, that God is eternal by nature. So some examples that we see in this is uh, Genesis 1 and 1 very clearly states, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And that's the Trinity that God is speaking with, is speaking with him, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who is all eternal, by the way. We see in Psalms 90, verse 1 through 2, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world. 
from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Second Peter chapter three, verse eight. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is in a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Now this isn't giving us a mathematical formula of the uh, relation of God and time, but rather it is teaching us that God is independent of the motion of time. And we see in Revelation 1 and 8, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And in Exodus 3, 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Which shows us here that that word I am, when he speaks, this means he's self-existent. He's always been. He, he, he's, he is beyond our comprehension. So there's plenty of verses that gives us a nice list of, of uh, the eternal nature of God. And we'll come back to some of those here in a minute. But we also must remember that this eternal nature of God fits within his other attributes as well. This speaks of God's simplicity. It means God's nature is unified and not separated. It makes every characteristic of God closely connected and related. Um, so when we speak of God's eternal nature, we must understand his infinity as well. It literally means a state of being without limit. His omnipresence there, it is, which is Latin, omni means all, and uh, presence meaning he's everywhere. So God indwells creation fully and completely, but not to be understood in a pantheistic way, like a lot of pagans teach. You know, pantheism is, pan means all, that God is in all things. God isn't in the tree. He isn't in the rock, but he is present with the tree and the rock. He's present with us. He's present in the heavens. He's everywhere. And then, this also speaks of God's immutability, that God does not change, which will be in our next episode that we'll be covering on his attributes. But it's particularly important is the relationship between God's eternity and his attributes of immutability and infinity. Misunderstood or challenged by otherwise Orthodox Christian in recent years gives us some uh, insight to some challenges to this doctrine. Two categories of these challenges to the doctrine is, well, the first is, is a challenge that we disagree with, but one that isn't so significant that it's outside of the bounds of Orthodox Christianity. The second is a major error that is so significant that it must be considered heretical and cannot be held by a faithful believer of Christ. Both focus on the same component of the doctrine, but differ and how far they take it. Both challenges disagree uh, with the outside-of-time element in our view of God's eternity, and they seek to place God within time in some way. So you have the temporal view that God is within time, experiencing time similarly in ways to his creatures. Yet, they affirm that he has always existed and that he always will exist. So basically that God 
even though he has never been born, he's always existed, but he's only experiencing time in the now is another way to say that. But this came from a concern of the classical view that makes God distant and unrelatable. They wanted to bring God closer in and, and make it seem like he's experiencing time now just as we are. But the truth is he is experiencing time now, but he's also experiencing the past, present, and future simultaneously because he exists outside of time. Now, don't let this explode your head over trying to comprehend this because, again, this comes back to God's incomprehensibility here. So in an attempt to emphasize the truth that God is present and relatable, they obscure other aspects of his nature, such as his immutability and his infinity. So that problem that we see with this, it doesn't make sense of God's character as presented in Scripture with relation to God's immutability, his unchanging nature, and God's infinity. So if God is within time, it is hard to see how he doesn't change in some sense when it comes to his immutability. And when it comes to his infinity, how can an infinite God be limited to a single moment? You know, God is timeless. Scripture doesn't just speak of God in past, present, future terms as the God that was, is, and is to come. Like we see in Revelation 1, it speaks of the God as simply is. God is describing is described as being I am. He is beyond the categories of time. So the orthodox challenges of this, um, we see the unorthodox challenges, I'm sorry, is what is called open theism and process theology. They make God within time to point that he experiences time as we do and therefore is changing and learning, that God um, doesn't know everything, in other words, that he doesn't know what tomorrow will bring or how we will react or what we will do. Therefore, he's constantly having to change his plans and his will to adjust to what we do. So open theism makes the crossing the cross something God settled for, in other words. Well, I put them in the garden and they couldn't listen to not eating that fruit. So now I need to bring about another covenant that I'll hold with mankind. Well, they didn't do that, so I'm going to flood the earth. All right, so now I'm going to establish another one with Abraham. Israel couldn't fulfill that promise throughout David and all the other covenants that God made, and therefore he had to make new ones and new ones and new ones and new ones, and God's changing and reacting based off of us, and that is not the case. The Bible very clearly speaks and tells us that God has a plan from beginning to end, and for it, for him to know exactly how things are going to end, like we see in Revelation, the last word being amen, how everything, and there's different viewpoints on how that's going to happen, but basically for everything to happen the way that God plan for them to happen, then everything has to go according to his will, not to ours. Open theism makes it impossible for faith to be the only method of salvation for all time. Open theism makes atonement impossible. So our view of God, of who God is, 
and what he is like is not abstract and impractical knowledge or unimportant speculation. The practical impact of God's eternal nature is that we can have comfort and trust in God. God's plans from the past haven't been thwarted, and his intended outcome is sure. The weight and severity of the coming judgment shows us that all humans will spend eternity in heaven with the Lord or in hell bearing the punishment for their sins. God's eternal character makes this sure and everlasting. This should humble us. This should help us to be meek and understand who God is and who we are in relation to God. But it should also bring about a devotion and praise that we are made from eternity and nothing in creation is eternal and that we must look beyond this world to find something eternal that satisfies us. Our lack of satisfaction with the things of this world should make us more grateful and devoted to the eternal Lord. So to close us out, there's some historic descriptions of uh, the doctrine of God's eternity that we like to reference here. In the London Baptist Confession of Faith of 1689, chapter 2, it says, The Lord our God is but one only living and true God, whose substance is in and of himself, infinite in being, in perfection, whose essence cannot be comprehended by any but himself, who is immutable, immense, eternal, incomprehensible, almighty, every way, infinite. Louis, I say Louis Burkhoff, but Louis Burkhoff was generally uh, a quote from his systematic theology. He says, we generally think of God's eternity as duration infinitely prolonged both backwards and forwards. But this is only a popular and symbolic way of representing that which is really transcends time and differs from it essentially. Eternity in the strict sense of the word is ascribed to what to that which transcends all temporal limitations. That it applies to God in the sense is at least intimidating. In 2 Peter 3 and 8, it shows us that our existence is marked off by days and weeks and months and years, but not so with the existence of God. Our life is divided into a past, present, and future, but there is no such division in the life of God. He is the eternal I am. So since there is an eternal God who inhabits an eternal realm, we should set our minds on things above and not things below, as Colossians 3 and 2 tells us. So I'd encourage you to go back, read your Bibles, go to our website, eyesupandministries.org. There you'll find some study tools. And there's a, a topical Bible uh, link that we have on there that you can go in and just type in eternity or the eternal nature of God, and it'll give you all the passages in the Scripture that teaches of these things. Uh, you can go back and read 
Um, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, for instance, says, You, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you are the same, and yours and your years will have no end. So go back and read that. Read Hebrews, John 17, Colossians 1, Job, uh, several chapters through that. It shows you about God. Uh, Job 36 and 26 says, Behold, God is great, and we know him not, neither can the number of his years be searched out. Go back and read those texts. Do a good study on it. Uh, get you a good book on the attributes of God. Uh, look through a systematic theology like Lewis Burkhoff that we described there, and you'll get some good information about this. So until next time, this is John Pruitt reminding you to read your Bibles, study it, get to know God better by understanding him and going through his word. Look for our content and check out our latest episodes on God's Mad Men as well, another podcast that we host. Keep reading the Bibles.